Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Understanding God's Power. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hello everybody, welcome. My name is Roland. The program is called Shedding Shackles. Let's get the program off to a good start. Here's a call coming in from Jeremiah. I have one question. In the book of Matthew, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. I do believe that faith has power to make ourselves uh, feel better, but uh, I'm not convinced that having faith has the ability to supersede the laws of nature or the laws of uh, physics. So my question is, does the faith really have as much power as Jesus says it does? Thank you. Thanks, Jeremiah. It's a very good question. The question really is, what is faith? Well, I'll tell you what faith is, and then the answer will be obvious. You see, it's not faith that has the power. Who has the power, or what has the power? The power is actually God's power. He has the power to do everything, including creating this entire universe. He has the power to make butterflies, to create volcanoes, to permit earthquakes to rumble, to make the stars. He made them. He made the stars. Giant, giant fireballs of immense size and immense heat. He made them. He made everything. He has the power. But faith connects you to him. Christ said, Of myself I can do nothing. It is the Father within who doth the works. So, when, for example, you had someone like Moses, we say that he parted the Red Sea. He lifted up his staff and parted the Red Sea. Well, you know what? The lifting of the staff was symbolic. But it was God who parted the sea. You understand? God is the one who does everything. Faith connects you to him, but most people are disconnected from God. I was writing this morning about the sorry state of the average human being, disconnected from intuition, disconnected from conscience. See, your conscience is your closest link to God. And the beginning of your salvation, the beginning of you being able to... See, you don't need the power to part the Red Sea or to create planets and stars. You don't need the power to 
transport yourself from one place to another. You don't need the power to change water into wine. But what power do you need? You need the power to lead your own life. The power to live your own life. Instead of constantly reacting to everyone else. The power to move from within, intuitively, independently. Instead of being a puppet of public opinion and a puppet of the peer group and a puppet of your mother's will and a puppet of your father's anger and a puppet of your wife's nagging and your husband's lovelessness. You want to be able to live your own life and be free. That's what power you need. And then you need the power to make right decisions. Instead of eating the worst possible food, you could eat better food. Instead of saying the wrong thing and ruining your relationship with your kids or your partner, being able to say the right thing. So, these are not earth-shaking decisions and earth-shaking powers. They are little ones, but for you they're very important that you can live your own life. God can give you that power. He can give you the power to be your own person, to live your own life, to not be a slave, to make right decisions. He can give you that power. And He will. I've been on the air for many years. I'm still here. And I hope that those of you who are beginning to listen in will be able to take advantage of the resources that I have, many of which are free. And I want to uh, remind you that I'm not on very often, only a couple of times a week on most stations. So it's an infomercial. You're only going to hear me maybe one time, maybe, maybe two times unless you write down the web address so that you can refine the program at our archives or unless you listen into this station every week at the same time. But you got to remember so that uh, you can take advantage. He can give you the power to be your own person, to live your own life, to not be a slave, to make right decisions. He can give you that power. And he will. But you have to be connected to him. If you're disconnected, look, if you have um, anything, a heater, an electric saw, a television, a radio, and anything, it has to be connected to a power source. You have to be connected. Your house has to be connected to the electrical wires. Otherwise, you have no power. You understand? If someone turns off the circuit breaker, you have no power. So you have to be connected. And when you are connected, then you have all kinds of power. You can run your refrigerator and your air conditioner and your heater and your radio and your television and your computer and everything else. You have to be connected. So it's the same thing. You have to be connected to God. He has the power. 
See, in fact, we actually live by God's grace. He gives us life. God gives us life. He gives life to to the plants and to the butterflies. I keep coming back to this same little analogy. It's not an analogy. It's a reality. I was driving the other day, and there was a deer who had been struck by a car. And the deer was laying on the pavement. And it must have been a glancing blow that struck his head or something, because there was no visible damage. The deer's form appeared perfect, and yet it was dead. Now, what is the difference between the deer that's alive and the deer that's dead? The form looks the same, but somehow life is gone. There's something called life, and it's gone. It's a life force. It's an organizing, energizing, motivating something, this life. When it's there, the thing is animated. The animal, the bird is animated. The plant is animated. The person is animated. So you understand life and God gives life. He gives life to the to inanimate objects and animates them. And so it is God's grace by which we live. He gives you the power to breathe, to move, to think. It comes from him. Now, the fact that the average person is not in control of their own life. They're unsure about themselves. They make decisions. They don't know if they're right decisions or not. They're unsure. They're confused. They're running around looking for for, um, guidance. They make wrong decisions, ruin their health, ruin their relationships, and so on and so forth. And they have no power to make anything right. It's because they're Well, see, that is the state of the human being without God. But if the person is connected to God, then from him flows power to make a right decision, to do anything. And to be connected to God is faith. That is what faith is. It's being connected to God and not doubting. And the other thing faith is, is wanting to be connected, wanting to do God's will. Instead of wanting to play God, you want to do God's will. You want to know God instead of playing God. You want to know the truth. And for those people who have totally messed up their life, they ruined their relationships, they were cruel to other people, they took drugs, they... They were, they've been selfish. Well, you want to know the truth, even though it's painful. You're willing to see the truth because you don't want to be the way you are anymore. You cry out to God and he answers. You see that you're helpless. You see that you can't make yourself. See, the fact that a person sees that they're totally powerless, that's actually a good thing if you don't resent it. Don't resent it. See that you don't have any power. See that You can barely, what can you do? Well, God does give you a basic power to breathe and for your heart to beat and for you to move around a bit, but to see and to hear, and he gives you a mind. But then for anything else, how do most people function? They react. They react. 
They try to run from pain. They try to run from discomfort. They run toward comfort. See, they run from the truth. They run toward lies. They run toward what they think will be their selfish advantage. And then they're afraid and they hide. That's most people's life. They're not really functioning from within. But if you're connected to God, then you can function from within. Start to live your own life. And then he can give, see, he gives power. He gives gifts. Not only do you have the power to live and move and have your being, but he can give you other gifts. But remember I said that you're connected to God's will. In other words, his will is your will. Your will is his will. See? Instead of being willful and wanting to play God and wanting to prove something and wanting to hate somebody and wanting to resent somebody and wanting to judge somebody, if your will is to do his will, then you're connected to his will. And if moving a mountain is his will and it's your will and it's his will, then it's his power moves the mountain. Do you understand? And the fact that you said, I'm going to move this mountain, all that does is testify. All it does is bear witness to, to your Creator and to His power and His glory. And all it does is say in advance what He is going to do. You're bearing witness. You remember the prophets? They bore witness to God. And as far as Moving mountains, well, you know something. This world, everything that you see around you, is composed of, I can't say billions. I want to use a term that's a billion times a billion times a billion, whatever that would be. But I'll just say billions and billions and billions of uh, tiny spinning fireballs nanoparticles, subatomic particles spinning. And they come together and they form a nucleus and they have electrons spinning around and you have an atom and then they, they join together and become molecules and the molecules join together and become substance and the substance. But what is the organizing power? Who is the magician who creates the butterfly? Who does it? It's God. Look at a, at a beautiful plant. Take a beautiful, oh, a rose, for example. Look at the beautiful rose. How does God make a rose? Well, he does, and nobody knows how he does it. What is a rose? It's dirt, water, and sunshine. Dirt, water, and sunshine with a little organizing, what do you want to call it, a little tiny um, flash drive called the seed. God put the information there. He said, this is how I want it to happen. And then you have some dirt, and what is it dirt? But billions of little subatomic particles. And what is the water and the sunshine? See, they're already highly organized, aren't they, water and sunshine? But anyway, you get the idea. You put them together, and there's a rose. How does this happen? You know, if you were to say, you know, for 
someone to say, this mountain will will move and fall into the sea. Which is a bigger deal, that or the creation of a rose? In my mind, it's actually the rose that's more intricate and more fantastic. For God to move a mountain, it's no big deal. All he has to do is rearrange all those little fireballs. Do you remember the television show Star Trek? Do you remember they had a a transporter? And one of the crew members could walk into the transporter and then they would dematerialize and materialize somewhere else? Well, for God to dematerialize a mountain and materialize it somewhere else is no big deal. He can do that like a drop of a hat. And all he has to do is take apart and then rearrange all the little fireballs to his liking. So I think you get the idea. It's all about faith and about wanting to do God's will. And his will is your will. And your will is his will. And you're connected to your intuition. And you don't doubt. You know what's right. You know what's true. And you don't doubt it. And when you don't know, you wait until you do know. You wait upon him. And then he shows you. And then when it's time for something to happen, he gives you the power. He gives you the power. It's not your power. It's not the power of faith. It's his power. And all you are is a vehicle or a spokesperson. If you have a faith-based question to ask Roland, call the listener call-in line at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. Leave your name, the city you're calling from, and your question, and Roland may answer your question on the air. Or, check out the many resources available at our website, SheddingShackles.com That's SheddingShackles.com Thanks for listening. I want to read you an email that I received from uh, Max. And then I'm going to answer it. Here's the email. Dear Roland, Five years ago I was at my darkest But I thought I had a vision of what God was going to do in my life. Today, though, I couldn't feel less like he has any involvement with me. I'm well aware that it's possible that he's working in ways I can't see, but that doesn't change that I feel used up. I keep going back to the well of faith and stretching further and further, yet I feel it is more likely that I will not meet him here upon this earth. I understand that he is love and that he cares for me, but I just don't understand how the same God who loves me so much could give me this mess. How I could seek him for so long and get nowhere. Today may be the day things turn around and he's not finished with me. Just looking for inside prayer and... Uh, 
tips and direction. Okay, well, that's a good email. So I will read you a little bit of what I responded. You are closer to the truth than you think. Some people think they have found God, but it is just an emotional fantasy thing. You, on the other hand, realize that something is still missing in your life. That's the truth. You continue to know in your heart that God exists and that he is good, despite all the doubts. And you are unwilling to settle for half-truths or be placated by phony assurances. So keep searching. Searching is very important. Christ once said that he who is forgiven much loves much. To the extent that you yearn for God with all your heart and wait patiently for him for forever if necessary, your sincerity will be refined and will be noted by him. So, I think I would like to add a little something to that. You see, there has to be a need for God to answer. Christ said, ask and you will receive. So, there has to be a need, and the need evolves into a yearning and a searching and an asking, and then he answers. Now, when he will answer, we don't know. You have to wait upon him. He is the king. You know, if you went to visit the governor or the president or some important person or the Queen of England, you don't just barge into their office and say, hey, no, you have to wait. Wait patiently with hat in hand until they have time to see you, you understand. But here's the beautiful part. Getting close to God is not... See, here's what you may be doing wrong, if you'll pardon my saying it that way. You're probably doing a couple of things wrong. The first thing you're doing wrong is you are resenting your life as it presently is. And resentment is basically a kind of a willfulness. And it's a, there's blame involved, isn't it? There's a subtle blaming of God involved. Very subtle. And there's also undoubtedly a subtle, buried hate of somebody. Your mom, your dad, somebody. A buried hate. And what does hate do? It separates you from God. And what does blame do? It also separates you because blame, no matter who you blame, and especially if you blame God, what is blame but puffing up and playing God? See, God is both king and judge. As a king, he is entitled to worship. As a judge, he is entitled to, to make judgments. But you are not God. He is God and you're not God. So you're not entitled to worship and you're not entitled to make judgments. You can discern if somebody is wrong. You can see that they're wrong. You can see that they're in error, but just take out the pinch of judgment, the pinch of resentment. You understand? So undoubtedly, you are being separated by resentment or hatred and by judgment. And so those keep you separated. And then in this separated state, you have a hard time believing because you're so separated. About the only thing you can believe now is that the worst is going to happen. 
So you have to wait for him to reveal himself to you so that you can believe. Remember one man said, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Well, why are you filled with unbelief now? Well, then there's another reason, and it is that you are undoubtedly totally hypnotized. The world has done, a, people have done a number on you. Your parents, your friends, the peer group, the media, everyone, they've done a number on you. You're totally reactive, totally upset, totally filled with doubt, and totally fascinated and caught up with all the things that are happening on the outside. So there's more separation. So you need something to lift you above the clouds of emotion, to lift you above the stormy sea of emotions, and to lift you above, above doubt. So you need him to enter your life. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He has and is entering your life, but it's very small. It's your conscience. When you do something that's, let's say you resent somebody or you're phony with somebody or you're mean to somebody or you're selfish or you're impatient with somebody, all of a sudden you see it. If you see that you were impatient, that seeing is in God's light. He is showing you your impatience. And then when he shows you, don't try to do anything about it. Don't try to play God. Don't try to fix yourself. Don't try to make yourself right. Don't try to cover it up. Don't try to deny it. Don't try to excuse it. Just see it. That's where he is entering your life, in those little moments where you have erred. Watch for those little moments and see your own wrong. And when you see it, don't resent seeing it. Just see it. And that can grow. See, when you see in that little moment if, when you see that you're wrong and you don't doubt it, you don't excuse it, you don't resent seeing it, you just see. You know the truth is not lying to you and it shows you that you're wrong for being impatient or for being phony or selfish. When you see it, you know the truth is honorable. The truth is not lying to you. Just see it and stay with that. That is how God will enter your life. He's not going to enter it. He can. You know, on the road to Damascus, you know, he struck Paul down with a great light. All right. Yeah, he can do that. But most likely, he will very gently make you aware. And the first thing you become aware of is your own wrong. And when you don't resent it, and you're willing to see it, that's the beginning right there. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is sheddingshackles.com. 
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.